Hello, hello. Welcome back to Inexpert Opinions with Mike and Jeff. We are calling this episode of the podcast Evolution Part One. Um, our goal this week was to do something a little different than we did in our first episode, and we wanted to kind of dig in on a single topic. Um, but as Jeff and I tend to do, we let the conversation just carry us, and we touched on a whole bunch of stuff that would we we decided fall under the evolution umbrella. Some of the things we talked about this week are the origin of our species, what are the things that make us human. We did our best to try to wrap our minds around time. We talk about the pyramids of Giza, some lost civilizations, etc. So, and we think we have some interesting stuff here. Also, when wanted to make a note that we now are on Apple Podcasts. So, if you haven't already, please subscribe, leave a review if you'd like, and as always, you know, please send us your thoughts, comments, feedback. It's always appreciated. Anyhow, thanks for listening. Let's go. We live. We're live. We're fucking live. Hey, dude. Happy Tuesday, right? The 18th, I believe. The 18th it is. The 18th it is. The 18th it is. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the... Welcome back, seven people who listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) We're back at it again. (laughs) Uh, Welcome back, all seven of you. We We appreciate our listenership. Oh, this is uh, this is a little bit different than than last time. This is early morning podcast. Not really early morning, I suppose, for you. It's, no, it's, it's what, 10 45 my time. 10 45, 8 45 for me. Yeah, Just got the kids dropped early, off. Early morning for you. Yeah. Little early. Little Not early. too early. I would. I think I'm going to prefer this, though, honestly. You're going to you're going to prefer this. Mm-hmm. I'm a, my my like brain seems fresher. to be working in the morning far better than it is at night. OK, we'll have to go back and listen afterward and see. Yeah. I'm going to beg to differ for myself. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do we got on the docket today? Do you want to jump right in? Do you want to clear the air for five minutes? Maybe, uh, you know, unload a little bit? Sure, let's do that. Let's talk about a little bit about uh, one, I guess, a, a thank you to everybody who did listen to the first one. This is mostly fr- friends and family, of course. Um, we appreciate it. Um, we're going to be making changes moving forward. I know one of the things that we kept hearing is people... This is, again, probably not necessary now, but down the road, if we continue doing these and people seem to like them and share them, you know, one of the questions or or, or suggestions rather that we received was people wanting to know who the hell Jeff and I are and how we know each other. So do we want to just touch on that real quick as a thing or do you know what? Let's just wait. I think that's fair. I think we can, I think we can do it now. And then as we blow up and get bigger, <laughs> as we become right? extremely uh, famous and sell our <laughs> podcast at Spotify for a million dollars. <laughs> no, we can, uh, we can add it to the like little intro part, to, yeah. uh, you know, like little sound bites, but for now, yeah. Well, well, why not? Why not level set and kind of introduce, please allow, <laughs> please allow us to introduce our <laughs> Please allow myself <laughs> to, to introduce, introduce myself. myself. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And, and I want to reiterate that. Thank you guys for uh, for listening. Those have tuned in. The three people on my side, the 20 people on Mike's side, he's really carrying this so far. So shout out to all y'all on Mike's side that are that are really launching us into the stratosphere. <laughs> the stratosphere um, here. 
Yeah, so how Mike and I, Mike and I have known each other since about 1995, 96, grew up in Kearney, Nebraska together. Is that about right? I was 14, 15, I think. Seven, I think. Seven? 97. Okay, I'm adding a year just because that's how much I love you. I had known of you prior to that because of your sister. You'd known of me. My reputation precedes me. (laughs) Your reputation (laughs) precedes But I didn't didn't, um, actually really know you, know you until, yeah, I was a freshman. Okay. Okay. So 97. Gotcha. Yep. So yeah, I was a sophomore then. You were a junior. Junior. Yes. Is that? No, that would have been 98 then. Cause I graduated in 99. So. Well, well, I suppose. Yeah. 97, 98. No. Yeah. 99, 98, 99. Yeah. Okay. 97. We'll say. Yeah. But yeah, Potentially been, uh, I don't know. Potential 96, somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, about 30 years, mm-hmm. 25 is the way math works. Hey, this is in We should have just left it at 30 okay? and everybody we're, been like, that's not how math works. <laughs> we're, we're not always right, okay? That's that's one of the really clear things we want to get across oh, yeah. in this podcast is that uh, we're, we're wrong quite a bit. Um, but no, 25 years. We've been best friends, I think, ever since. he was. Uh, Mike was the best man in, in my wedding. We lived in Arizona together for a year and a half before we realized that we hated each other, and then we, <laughs> we moved apart. Um, Mike had a problem with the paper towels I used to <laughs> come wash on, you the know, that mirrors. wasn't the case. <laughs> that was 100% the case. Um, we went to school together. We've got the same degree basically with a, with a little bit of a, a little bit of a difference. Um, and then, yeah, when was it? You moved to Atlanta and, uh, Oh seven. Oh seven. Mm-hmm. I stayed in Phoenix till 12 and then moved to San Francisco. Um, but yeah, we kind of parted ways, but have stayed, stayed nearby in uh in mind and in spirit and in and in our hearts and in our hearts that's the most important one and so, penises that too tummy that sticks too. but anyway so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah so that's a little bit about us well i'm sure at some point we'll get into more of those stories but uh again this is only the second episode and people generally listening to this will know who we are so at some point we'll add that to the intro all right yeah so what is that inexpert opinions? Do you want to touch upon that a little bit? Um, what is inexpert opinions? Inexpert opinions is, I think, pretty self-explanatory. But for those of us that don't know what an inexpert is, it's a someone. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you the actual definition of inexpert. It is having or showing a lack of experience, skill, or knowledge, which, in Bam. my opinion, sums up Jeff and I's knowledge on both things perfectly. We are inexperts Bam. on nearly everything. So we figured why not start a podcast where we give our inexpert opinion on anything and everything that comes across um, our minds. So that could be anything from current events to uh, politics, which is, of course, always a current event to some degree. We're going to try to do our best to probably cut religion out of most of this discussion, making the assumption that this is more of a scientific approach to evolution but i don't know jeff I, i'm gonna say that i haven't asked you this but i didn't do you have anything religious to add to this discussion at any point that you know Ooh. of okay never mind well, I, maybe, I know i actually i don't know the answer to that question that's okay. i was just gonna say i it could potentially go that way okay. for me so i don't i don't want to rule that possibility out but i will do my best to 
to to steer us to steer myself off course and and and, and okay. maintain a scientific outlook right. and approach. Fair enough. And I honestly, if, if it gets there, that's fine. But I think this discussion is making the assumption that there is a belief that we have evolved from a common ancestor millions of years ago. And in assuming that, that means the discussion of religion could be left out to some degree. And I don't, I definitely want to say before we get started that Jeff and I are not making a claim that we are non-religious, that we don't believe any of this stuff. All we're saying is this is a scientific discussion because I think it's really tough to have this conversation if, if you don't start there. I think that's a fair yeah. comment. So anyway, so that that was a question that I someone had presented on a podcast. I, I thought about it. I'm like, man, that is actually a really great question. And honestly, until I actually started digging into any of this stuff, I my knowledge on evolution as a whole was elementary at best. Like, I, I mean, I can't even remember the last year of school that they even talked about this. What were we in elementary school, maybe middle school? I don't ever remember having conversations about evolution in high school or college, really. I mean, no, I, I don't. So I don't. So it's this has been eye opening for me. And I think um, hopefully this conversation will uh, provide some answers, get you thinking, you know. Maybe if, if you find it interesting enough, do you do some of your own research? So, um, Jeff, do you have, want to have anything to add to that? Do you just want to kind of jump in where we started? Let's jump in okay. the gap between humans and our closest relative primates. Yes. So, um, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to start with just a, kind of a brief history of, of all of this, like this, a quick not that quick, actually, re, uh, kind of recap of evolution as scientists understand it today. And Jeff, I don't know how much of this you dug into, but this whole timeline of where we started. So, I mean, going back as far as, you know, 7 million years ago is really when like the human lineage split from like the chimpanzee lineage, which chimpanzees are our closest, um, last known relative or last common ancestor, I should say. And that was in Africa around 7 million years ago. And no, no, I'm just going to stop you right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> chimpanzees are our closest relative, not ancestor. We didn't come from chimpanzees. So we, along with chimpanzee, chimpanzees share a common ancestor, but, 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 we we are clo most closely related to chimpanzees, right? Yeah. Well, okay. well. So that's a really good question. So we have like the, there's the there's the what is it called like the um, the great apes. So I actually that's called the, it's called a hominid. A hominid is a member of the family hominidae, and that's the great apes, orangutans, gorillas, chimpanzees, and humans. So. The way I understand it, see, I'm glad that we're talking about this because this is where this gets confusing automatically. If we, we can't have this discussion of evolution and why we're different than these people until we get it. So my understanding is that we split off, like there were chimpanzees that were existed. I think the, the evolution of gorillas, like the first gorilla evolved around 8 million years ago, I believe. And then it's around 7 million years ago 
there were more of those species that evolved off of the gorilla some of those being chimpanzees and then we diverged from a there was chimpanzees and then we split off chimpanzees kept going and we kept and then we shot off like a tree like it's not a linear thing but i don't I think that is correct, okay. but I don't believe the thing that we split off from is considered a chimpanzee. I think what we split off from is, let's just call it for the, for the sake of argument here, ape X, right? Great ape X. Oh, so and you're saying that there, there was one species that split, came from one it. Came, yes. uh, became a chimpanzee, one became human. Yes, there was some the evolutionary thing or or need environmentally that that caused the two of us to basically split apart, and one of them is a chimpanzee, one of, one them, of them is Homo sapien, and we are ninety. We'll become, I think well, I've seen ninety eight point four percent. Yes, we've become Homo sapien. You're yeah. right. You're right. Ninety eight point four percent the same. One point six percent different. Yes. Or whatever that, yeah, whatever it's like, that yeah, number like 1. is. 1.36% or whatever difference yeah, in our yeah. genes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, I'm glad, glad we, yeah, that's right. And then, so from there, this is kind of like a, a quick rundown of what happened. So that was 7 million years ago. And then around 5.8 million years ago is believed to be the oldest human ancestor that has, was thought to have walked on two legs. So that's called pe- uh, bipedalism. Bipedalism. Um, and essentially that's what really, that's really where the first distinction between what would become homo sapiens and our ancestors, or I guess that the great ape species really kind of like that divergent path really starts to become seen because we begin to start walking on two legs, like more than not. More Meaning, than crawling, yeah, more than, yeah. more than being on, on four legs. Correct. So then you jump into around 4 million years ago and that's when the australopithecines that's the like the first um australopithecines were the first like whole group so you have hominid which is like the very very bottom of the line that's like i said earlier that the hominids are the like the great apes which we are considered a great ape we are part of that the great apes are the, like i said orangutans gorillas chimpanzees and humans so that that was the hominid and then the next step in that evolution, we're talking again, you know, three million years. This has ha- this happens, where the australopithecines appear, and that's really where, you know, brain sizes are similar to that of a, ch- a chimpanzee, but you know, we're walking around upright on our on two legs. Okay, so then you know. Around 3.2 million, you know, the, the, the Lucy, the, um, Australopithecine, mm-hmm. the, the one that was found in, uh, Ethiopia, I believe was Ethiopia. That sounds right. Like yeah. 2012, something like that. Yeah. That, so they've dated. Or was it earlier than that? I don't actually have a date on when she was found. Alfred. But, <laughs> Alfred. Look that up. <laughs> Get back to us. So yeah. So 3.2 million years ago, she was, that was dated. She was dated back to, um, so all of this is happening and then around and so this is really when this starts to get exciting so right around the was it 2.5 to 3 million years ago was when the genus homo like 
really kind of establishes itself. So this is like the very first. So this is where this gets confusing for me. And Jeff, tell me what you understand about this. So we kind of, we went from an hominid, which is like still very much like what we would consider like an ape or orangutan chimpanzee. There was very little differentiation between them and what would eventually shoot off into a path of like a homo sapien to some degree, right? But as rather than thinking of evolution as like it went from an ape and then we slowly gradually became different. No, think of this as like a massive like family tree where a lot of different sprouts and, and shoot offs are happening and almost and actually all of those that became more and more human esque homo sapien esque have died off. So out of the entire homo genus, we're the homo sapiens are the only ones that are that are are still around today every other one of those have gone extinct so what's hard to what 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 i struggle with and i still don't know if i have it all the way like wrapped up is that when we split off the great apes that still exist today also were evolving but they evolved at the, the pace that we see them today we just happened to evolve so one of the hard parts about this is while we're evolving, the other apes, orangutans, and those species were evolving as well, but it was on a different spectrum than us. So when we say hominids and we talk about hominids to, um, you know, australopithecus and all of those, like that's the evolution path that became eventually, you know, over around 4 million years ish turned into the homo genus the homo like then there's a whole bunch of that before we get to like the homo erectus and and all of the other ones so is that your understanding of all of this yes <laughs> i saw the look on your face i'm not sure if you you're like i don't know um i mean th th that is my rudimentary understanding okay of, of of this yes okay i admittedly didn't do a ton of looking into the exact tree structure and kind of you know break off some more i was more yeah but but i think that's that's stuff. what i understand right that's right, what okay. i understand so 1974 was lucy by the way oh, not wow. 2012 wow. which makes a ton of sense because that it, she was why the beatles named the song lucy in the sky with diamonds ah. so that makes uh -huh. that makes there you, sense there you go i was way off <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hear that a lot folks <laughs> so Okay, so this is where this gets fun. So it was it wasn't until like I said 2.5 to 3 million years ago where we really started to see that like that like the the first like homo genus like I think it's like I don't I couldn't even tell you how to pronounce some of these these terms. It's all Latin, I believe. But like uh, homo habilis and, yeah, and, and all, all these of other that. ones. But so it's really like um So even at 2.5 years ago, when we, that's Homo habilis, which is, you just said, I mean, we're beginning to look like humans, but we still have many features that we would consider our ape like. So, you know, you, you, I'm sure all of us listening have seen some, you know, depiction of what a person around this time might look like. So what you're imagining is probably pretty close. And then it wasn't until around like really it was 1.8 to or 1.5 to 1.8 million years ago where homo erectus really became so homo erectus 
um, um, started in East, I think it was East Africa around this time. And so this is like the first true hunter gatherer ancestor. This is like when we like really become a version of a human that we would start to understand today. Now, granted, this is only like, you know, I said, you know, from that homo habilis where we have very many ape features that was two and a half million years ago. This is, we're jumping ahead another whole million years. And now this new homo species, this homo erectus species is developing in Eastern Africa. And this is when we say like, we all come from, or all have migrated from Africa. This is really, there's two big migrations that happened. One of them was believed to be somewhere between one and 1.3 million years ago was a big like um, migration out of Africa. But many of that homo species stayed and there was another massive migration out of Africa around 600,000 years ago. And that's where that's where the homo sapiens are believed to have migrated out of. So that first wave more than likely had all died off and become extinct. And so that first wave, let me just, so I understand where you are. Mm -hmm. That first wave is like the Neanderthals and whatnot that were up in Western Europe and, and East Asia and whatnot, that the second wave then almost, almost, you know, 600,000 years later, it was almost like a split in two went up and started interbreeding. And that's where, and then there was kind of a divergence that, that ultimately led to homo sapiens. Well, actually, so. Yes and no. So to answer the first question, Neanderthals actually came from that second wave because that was Homo erectus coming out. But Neanderthal is still a Homo genus. So correct. correct. So for me to sit here and, and say, do I know for certain that that first wave out of Africa, that some of them eventually evolved into a version of a Neanderthal in different parts? Because I, I believe it was the first wave out that they a lot of them ended in, up in like Asia. Yes. Whereas the second wave, we went kind of the other direction towards like, you know, like out through Europe and Britain um, and those areas of which at that time, you know, weren't, of course, those continents you know, we were much closer. Everything was shifted around. That's where the whole, um, you know, the, what is it called? Like the, um, what's the land bridge called where they believe we actually were able to get over into the Americas. It was called like the Antarctic land bridge or no, where during one of the ice ages, yeah. there was a big piece of ice that had formed in between two continents that allowed us to tra traverse a continent. Because at the time, right. of course, nobody had boats. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. So, anyway, needless to say, we're now we're staring at some place. So, so you know, between essentially, you know, six hundred thousand a million years ago was really like us exploring out. And again, the six hundred thousand around six hundred thousand years ago, when the Homo erectus migrated out of Africa, that was really what what ended up becoming who we are today. So that group. So you know from there it just is really kind of like um this massive speed up in evolution where from there we started you know like 500,000 years ago is the earliest evidence of like like shelters and wooden huts i mean 400,000 years ago is when early humans began to hunt with spears um 280,000 years ago like stone blades and grinding stones have been found and then it's around 230,000 years ago when Neanderthals first start appearing across Europe and Britain 
and also to the east, which is like Iran. So the, again, I want something to point out here. So Neanderthals appear all across Europe, Britain. Um, and then again, when we say to the east, this is we're getting into now what's called the cradle of civilization. Um, cradle of civilization is what today is modern day Turkey, um, Iran, Iraq. What am I missing, Jeff? There's another one down there too. Saudi Arabia. Saudi like Arabia, right. So that's where these Neanderthals and we kind of migrated out. And then it's around 195,000 years ago. So again, 230,000 years ago, Neanderthals are, are appearing across Europe in those areas. And then just 45,000 years later, Homo sapiens, there has been an evolution into what is considered a modern day Homo sapien. Now I say that we've evolved a ton in 200,000 years, I would argue. But this is really what becomes like we are actually becoming true humans now. So, um, mind you, oh, this is interesting too. I didn't know this, but did you know that the Neanderthals only went extinct 28,000 years ago? So Neanderthals existed for 202,000 years. That's wild. Yeah. It's insane. But anyway, so, you know, in, in that 195,000 years, we have you know, around, I think it was around 160,000 years ago, or 150,000 years ago, there was this thing, what they call the, um, uh, what is it called? The great leap forward, I think has been referred to where because of our ability to hunt and develop an ac actual agricultural like setup where we didn't spend all of our time out as hunter and gatherers. So one of the biggest, arguably one of the biggest things that made the jump from um, like this, the idea of like these early hunter gatherer tribes to what we have today is the fact that once we figured out that we could cultivate land and grow crops um, and cook food, that it allowed us to spend a lot more time, not just hunting and gathering, but we could we could use other people, people who had some intelligence or showed some signs of intelligence in those tribes, go spend time exploring that knowledge and gaining additional knowledge as opposed to spending all the time hunting and um, gathering. So what's cool too about all of this is around that time, because we were, our diets changed, became, we became, um, we found ways to uh, pull a lot more nutrition out of the foods we were eating. Um, which allowed this massive spurt in growth in our brain size. So something to point out is our human brains are substantially larger for the size of our bodies than any other mammal on the planet. So um, there's a thing called, uh, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but it's called the encephalization quotient, which is the basic, this thing that was a, developed an attempt to like correlate animals, physical char characteristics and their perceived intelligence. So anyway, we can get into that in a little bit though. But anyway, so from 195,000 years when homo, homo sapiens appeared, you know, imagine, I'm sorry, the great leap forward was at 50,000 years ago. So, you know, we're talking 145,000 years difference as we, you know, long distance trade, we begin to, um, um, hunt with like spears and we had tools and all of that. So 50,000 years ago is a great leap forward. Um, around that time is when 
modern humans uh, colonized Australia, which is fascinating. Australia has only been like we've only had humans in Australia for 50,000 years. That seems crazy to me. Um, But then, you know, jump all the way ahead to, you know, now. 5,000 and this is, we're going to have this discussion because this is a, we can bring in a little bit of um, like edge thinking here as far as what some scientists believe, but we have, we can prove that we have the earliest known writing dates back to 5,000 years ago. And then around 3,500 to 4,000 years ago is um, the Sumerians, which is arguably in most people in a lot of scientists eyes, the Sumerian civilization was the first true like civilization that became what we know today. So that's Mesopotamia, the cradle of civilization, et cetera. Mesopotamia, if you don't know, just Google it. You'll see a map and it's exactly what we were talking about. It's modern day Turkey, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, et cetera. So, I mean, one of the takeaways, I guess, and even getting into all of that is the fact that it's, I can't even wrap my head around 7 million years, but I can, you can. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember that. (laughs) I just, I guess what I'm saying is it's in a way we look back and, and even, even having all this information now, I still think it's insane to me that in just 7 million years, when, how, I mean, what is arguably, what is the age of the earth? Four billion, I believe. Yeah. So this is a fraction of a fraction of time that we've essentially split off from a great ape species and become who we are today in a matter of seven million years. That's insane. Did I just make that up? I don't know. I didn't make that up. Estimated to be 4.5 billion years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you you figure out how, I don't know how, what your mask is, but what is, what is 7 million? What percentage is 7 million out of 4.5 billion? Alfred, look that up for me. Alfred. I'm going to say it <laughs> is. <gonna> guess? <laughs> Do we have a calculator? I mean, it's a lot. It's, I can't, my brain does not understand I don't, numbers no. that high. Like, it's, it's. I mean, see, I wouldn't have guessed this, but it is, that, that's 450 million, 400, if it was 450 million, that's 1%. So it's, it's not even... I mean, it's, it's one hundredth of a percent. Yeah. 7 million. Uh, so that's and so it's a short time span. Yeah. In. That's insane. So we, we have essentially evolved to the, 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 the version of humans we are today in a fraction of a percentage of time the earth has been around. So the way I've. Well, and that's 7 million, right? That's 7 million. Years. To, 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 yeah. Really, when our evolution started. If you really think about it, like there are people that argue that we have made the biggest leap in the last 2000 years, mm-hmm. 3000 years, yeah. you know, well, I mean, which you think is, about it, the Sumerians, that was 3,500 to 4,000 years ago when the first advanced civilization existed. So yeah, I mean, that's like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. I don't even know. I mean, I have heard, and this, I'm not sure if this actually is going to make it more difficult to understand or better, but there's a, a YouTube channel 
Um, it's called Wait But Why. It's a blog, too, if, if anybody wants to go dig in on fascinating topics and stuff. Love me some Wait But Why. You love you, it. You 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 showed me him. Yeah, yeah. You showed so me anyway, that blog. It's a this guy is not only funny, but he writes these extremely in depth art like blogs. They aren't even blogs. They're more like long form reads. But then Dot draws his own, all of his own like stupid clip art characters and stuff. It's it's wonderful and so much fun to to read. But anyway, he has a um one where he talks about time. And what that all means and trying to put time in context for us to understand. But essentially, if you could boil down the time that the, the earth has existed and you put it to, to today, like the formation of earth into today, and you put that in a 60 minute time frame. So we're going to basically try to contextualize this in, in some degree of time that humans have existed on this planet for one second. So we would have just came on the scene at 59 minutes, 59 seconds. And then here we are like, that's, that's all we have on this, this freaking floating rock we call home. You know, it's like, it's insane to think that we have had such a little if time impact. was how long an if hour time was how long an, an hour. hour, then we've been here for, for how, for one, one minute, one second, one second of that wow. whole time. So, wow. and I, and I'm sure that it's, it's, I would argue it's probably even, that's an easy way of looking at it, but it's, it's pretty crazy to think that, that, you know, we can still look back to, I mean, you look back to before even like, I think about this a lot, but think back before the industrial revolution, <clears throat> how different life was. And dude, our, we have grandparents that were alive when all that was happening. I mean, right. that's insane to think that, and today I'm sitting here, I'm staring at you on a computer. We're recording this podcast and you're, you know, halfway across the country. Yeah. And then we get to share this well, with however many people. I mean, it's insane to think that how far we become anyway. Yeah. Or become, yeah it's come. wild because I it, just to put it into relative terms. Like I can't go back to before the industrial revolution. I can, I can read books. I can talk to grandma and grandpa. It's hard for people to wrap their head around the fact that I used to sit and watch black and white TV or you remember when the phone was on the wall mm -hmm. and you would have this extra long cord so that you could get out of earshot of your mother and father mm -hmm. and talk on the phone. Yeah. Right. Um, now we have fucking computers in our pockets. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's so, the, so yeah, one second while I still will never be able to comprehend or wrap my head around that aspect of things. I know what the number 200,000 is mm -hmm. and the fact that we, and I know 2000, 3000 big time, you know, I, those, those make complete sense to me. Mm -hmm. The fact that I have seen as much technological advance in our species in the 40 years that I've been here that, I mean, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, I'll say, but I, but I will never be able to fully understand what the hell that, that all means. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's why I think it's so fascinating. That's why my dad and I were just talking last night about, uh, he, he was talking about whether or not he wanted to keep all of these things in his basement in the storage room, you know, and, and, and whether or not the kids, you know, me and my sisters would enjoy going through them afterward. And, 
I know, I know I will. I can't speak for my two sisters, but I absolutely will because it's looking back at those literal artifacts from the 1960s, the 1970s, the ni- that that before I was around. And these are things that I've seen before, you know, that I've held records, uh, old pieces of paper, but but they're from a time period that is so much different than the time period I live in and mm-hmm. that I'm used to. I look back now and and go, why did I become a software designer? Like life is so much more meaningful me to, to me now. I, I wish I would have been an evolutionary biologist. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have been an archaeologist, an anthropologist, something where I'm out learning more about. So, so that I could, if for no other reason that I could have a more intelligent conversation about this with you right now mm-hmm. versus having to just cram and cram and cram over the, you know, over right. the course of a month or whatever. Um, that's, it's just so much more fascinating to me than, mm-hmm. than what I do. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm just, I don't know what I'm even talking about right now. Well, and it's extremely humbling too. I think, I mean, well, two things I want to say. One, the back to the the technology point of view, and I've heard this and yeah, everybody's probably heard this, but I still think it's fascinating that in the very first iPhone was, is, was more powerful than the computers used to put Apollo 11 on the moon. Correct. Like that Correct. is insane. Far more, far more powerful. Like, and we carry them around in our pocket. And yet that damn, what the computers they had in 69 was 69. We land on the moon, right? Yeah. Like, that got people out of this atmosphere in space, hundreds of thousands of miles away from this planet, landed two humans or a group, three humans safely on a, the moon so they could go jump around for a second, plant a flag and bail yep. and then safely get back here. And we have a cell phone that is stronger than that. That is more powerful than that. That is insanity. And we're 50 and we're 50 years later and we can't do it like it's just it goes to show you what 450,000 people could do right mm-hmm. and how selfish we've become mm-hmm. like push pull this like we were working with Russia at the time or we're you know we're, we're well I mean kind of we we were we were working with them in the sense that we were trying to beat them yes, there really, and so there was yes. this element of competition Space right mm-hmm. um but but yeah now uh, I mean it's just a bunch of monkeys fucking a coconut there's just there's no if we, if we could get 20 people to work together, we could probably put some people on a moon, mm-hmm. but it's, it's every man for himself in 2020. Yeah. And so well, and um, that's a really good point. I digress. But, and actually, you know, like not to run down this, this hole too far, but th- that's a really good point. You think about back then, you know, we came together as a country excited about the, uh, this idea that NASA is going to freaking put humans on the moon. Holy crap. We couldn't believe it. You know, that I forget, I know Kennedy, you know, made some speech where he's like, he basically guaranteed that the United States will put a person, a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And we inevitably did it. Granted, Kennedy wasn't around to see that, but, you know, we actually, it, it based on my understanding, of course, I wasn't alive at the time, but based on like the documentaries that I've seen, the stuff that I've read about it, it, it was like this thing that brought the United States together as a way for mm-hmm. us to like show how much of like our technologically advanced like way of thinking and how powerful like our scientists were and all of this. But 
you're right. We, we look at it today and, and look at what has to happen. We, our government agencies, not only one was NASA essentially massively defunded, but the space program was freaking cut. And now we have to depend on, you know, uh, private companies to advance us further. I mean, thank God for Elon Musk, whether or not you like him or don't, you can't, you can't look at the guy and be like what he's doing for the advancement of space travel for human beings. He's the guy. And it's, and it's just unfortunate that for whatever reason, I don't know if it's like, because as a country, we can't seem to get it together or it's, because we become so divisive on either side of the aisle that we can't just agree that, Hey, there's value in us as a, as a civilization one, but then as a country of people that very intelligent people to push us forward. And it, it's frustrating, but again, yeah. I digress. I digress. Um, no, but that's, a, I feel like that's a good segue, you know, like I, I guess the evolution, the evolution and, and all of the, the species and, and ancestors and whatnot that, that predate us, I think is interesting, but I, to, to get back to the gap between us and our, even chimpanzees, right. Our most closest relative, mm-hmm. uh, what, why, let's talk about some of those things. Some of those things that set us apart. Obviously there's a big one, our technology, mm-hmm. right? We can go to the moon we have these phones in our pockets. Chimpanzees, as far as I know, don't. Um, I've been wrong before. Right. Stanford. Uh, Stanford. <laughs> but uh, chimpanzees have been to the moon, albeit, well, not to the moon, but to space, mm-hmm. albeit with our help, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, some of, some of those things. Like I, I think one of the more fascinating things that I that I read while I was you know looking into this topic was... Uh, the it's called the they call it the original the original sin gene did you did you happen to discover anything about that or the uh the dissatisfaction gene no um three thousand two thousand three thousand years ago there was this genetic mutation that took place in humans um that they call the dissatisfaction gene and it is effectively the gene it's the grass is always greener gene. Okay. It's the gene that makes us unsatisfied with what we're doing, despite having all of these crazy, crazy things. I mean, you know, look back at our grandparents. If you were to take anybody from 1920 and put them in 2020, they'd be like, this is the best fucking thing that's ever happened to me. I cannot believe how wonderful this place is. Mm-hmm. Me and you and 70% of the rest of the population sit here and go, boy, 2020, this fucking, this fucking place sucks. Mm-hmm. I hate this place. You know, mm-hmm. this year blows. I can't do this. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, no other animal has that elephants. They go and find a pasture with some grass and some water and things to survive and a place they can see all of the lions and whatnot that are trying to attack them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're peachy fucking keen. They don't, they don't need to do anything else. Right. Uh, cats are a little bit, different because they're just happy wherever the fuck they are right for the most part Mm -hmm. um they still want to kill absolutely everything but but yeah we we travel and look for all of these different things to make our current situation better we're never satisfied and that i think is what ultimately leads to 
the space race and and it's that constant need for more mm-hmm. it's i need the next iphone i need the next iphone i need that you know it's it's innovation it's it's all of those things nothing nothing else has that so that's that's one thing i think that i found like um, among a slew of others which we can continue to talk about but that was one thing where I had never heard that dissatisfaction gene, and I went, "Holy shit!" You know, no other animal out there is that we found at least is sitting there going, "Huh? Yeah, bet if I went over there, life would be a little bit better." Mm-hmm. No, they're just they're literally just meandering around, and when they find what they need for survival, they're happy. Yeah, they're content. Mm-hmm. And then when something moves in to jeopardize that, they go, "Huh? Okay." I better climb over those mountains over there and go looking for some more water and food because I don't want to live here where this new thing has an encroached on my ability to get food and water mm-hmm. and make life sustainable. So I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go over here. Mm-hmm. And then they move over there and find food and water and they go, all right, this is good. I'll hang out here for the next 20,000 years. All right. right? I, that's just mind boggling mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're right. So to take that idea of the fact that we're always, always looking for the next better thing than where we're at, but let's rewind even further back than that. So, so what happened? So again, if we, if we, if we go back and just touch real quickly on the fact that at some point, you know, as we evolved, we learned, we learned, you know, how to, how to like hunt and grow our own food and all of those things. And then, you know, then of course the advent of fire being able to cook that food makes it more nutritious in, in most cases. Um, that allows, so there, there is something that happened. And so this is where this gets really weird. And this is like, the, so in that idea is at some point our brains had to develop beyond any other species on the planet. Like as we evolved from, you know, the, the, the uh, Australopithecines from, you know, from then into that like homo um, genus or whatever, like there, there had to be a bunch of things that were happening to allow our brains to develop in a way that no other species had. So we were doing those things differently. Again, maybe that was in, maybe that's, I mean, I wonder if that, what is that gene called? The EFET said, what is it called? The dissatisfaction gene. Yeah, the dissatisfaction the gene. Like I wonder where, gene. like in in that that line of of evolution, I wonder where that appears because one another gene that they're finding that like they 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 say some are arguing rather that it is showing how certain mammals' brains react, and this is generally in like um, mammals who have larger brains and then usually are social creatures. But there's this thing that they found called the Von Economo neuron. Did you see anything about that? Hmm. So they also call it spinal, spinal neurons, but they're found in like the front, like areas of the front towards the front of the brain that are associated with cognitive function, um, social interaction, intuition, and uh, like emotional processing. Okay. Okay. And so they've researched a bunch of like primate brains and stuff. And so, um, in 1999, apparently like these scientists came out and said, okay, we've, we've, um, explored all of these different primate brains, mammal brains, and 
all of the great ape species have these neurons in the front of their brain. Whales, dolphins, um, elephants also have them. Which absolutely are in the great ape species. <laughs> well, I'm saying, other, I mean, I'm saying the species that we came to. from, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. But the thing is, is like you think about that. Elephants traveling. Great ape. Elephants. Evolution of great ape. As you can, if you can't see that, then I'm not sure. <laughs> Apparently you're not going <laughs> to the right zoos. No, but okay. Elephants travel in groups. They're very social creatures, right? I don't mm-hmm. know. What, what do we call it? Is it a herd of elephants? It's a herd of elephants, right? Yeah. A pachyderm. Really? I, I think so. Okay. Or maybe that's an elephant. I thought that was maybe. I. Yeah. Alfred, look that up while Mike's <laughs> telling me about herds of elephants. Yeah. So elephants, dolphins, very social creatures, whales. I'm not sure if whales are actually social, but you know, they can talk to each other from long distances and whatever. So again, there's an argument to be made here that like the development of our brains and the, and the introduction of these neurons in these species. And again, what's cool about this, there's this thing called, and I didn't really get into it because it seems, um, incredibly confusing to me. And it was just a whole bunch of other topic that I didn't want to get into, but there's this, have you ever heard of convergent and divergent evolution? Yeah. Okay. So a pachyderm is an elephant. I knew it's, I knew it was related to a parade is a herd of elephants, a parade of elephants. No, it's a parade. God. Yeah. Which makes sense because they're tied together nose to tail, right? Just mm-hmm. like a parade. Yeah. Okay. I would have never guessed that. Um, okay. So anyway, convert. So, so divergent evolution is, is essentially the, like Darwin's theory that we mm-hmm. carry on certain evolutionary traits from each evolved species to the next. So the opposite of that is a thing called convergent evolution, where two species that have zero common ancestor can have some kind of convergent evolution where they come to the same. um, How do I, how do I say this? It'll make sense. Where essentially you can kind of come to the same conclusion evolutionary, evolutionarily, even though you're not a part of the same species. So part of this is also argued when I talk about that um, Von Economo neuron is the fact that like elephants, dolphins, whales, whatever, all different species, all different evolutionary paths, but still converged on this one type of neuron mm-hmm. that allow them to in in ways do things similar to our species which is you know live in like uh groups where there is social interaction and that social interaction allows that group to freaking survive and what have you so that's kind of really i thought that was really neat that they're actually able to find these neurons in the brains of these these mammals and show like this is potentially how we became you know, we were lucky enough to have our brains evolve and have these neurons evolve with us that allow us to become what we did. So again, you got to think how many things could possibly go wrong that this is the other fascinating thing. And how many things could have possibly gone wrong that would would have sent us down some other path and we would have never ended up here. Like we could have just this, this entire earth could have been just crawling with animals, 
not have a single right. city and piece of technology in it all because of like one thing that happened and which I'm going to get into some of the more like edge science here in a little bit. I, Cause I can't wait to hear what you have to say about some of the thinking on this about like, you know, advanced civilizations that existed and gone, went extinct because of ice ages and all of that. And da, 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 da. But do you think that the, Like let's take the rat for instance is the failed version of us. Like you can make the argument that everything is here for a reason. Everything Mother Nature doesn't really make mistakes, or, or, right? You could, yeah, because you could argue then if if it if it's here, there is an evolutionary purpose, or evolution would have hundred percent deemed 100%, it extinct. Hundred percent. But if you think about it from the standpoint of basically everything here shares a common ancestor, right? If you look at the real science of it, like back before the, 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 what's it called? The Cambrian explosion, right? Where basically mother nature and something happened in the, in the neurons of the brain that it was like, we're going to basically blow up. And that's where everything diverged and started to venture out into their own species or types of species. Right. And then those continue to diverge and it's like this big spider web. Yeah. And it just all blew out. Right. Yeah. Cause you're going back but way like all, dinosaurs and well, way before that. Yeah. Even. Like yeah. 50 million years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we all came from this one ultimately like organism belief. We came from this single cell organism. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And so to a certain extent, could you make the argument that the rats that branched off however many ancestors ago they they weren't lucky enough to get that uh the von von what, what would you call it? the economo gene right and so they effectively became rats yeah all of the other things that did not get that became the other things that yeah. are not us right so they kind of like they they kind of suck in a way they right. kind of failed or, or again um, it could just be a simple i mean they don't suck obviously right like if they've got well, no the i purpose. understand what you're saying but it's, it's it's really is it they're people too they have feelings <laughs> they're not people though <laughs> yeah you're right they're not people and rats have feelings i don't care what is a just... person a, a person is just a gen a social construct Oh boy, this is deep. <laughs> Let's not spin off on that goddamn topic. But you know, you're right. I mean, arguably, uh, this sounds so stupid to, to equate evolution to some stupid saying as simple as right place, right time. But is it? For sure. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's. It's right place over a long time, right? But, but ultimately, yeah, yeah. Like if you don't, if you're not in that place at that time then it doesn't, you don't get that gene. It doesn't happen. Okay. Let me ask you right? a different question. Let me rephrase this. Maybe make, get your thinking going like a different path. Okay. Would you agree or disagree to this statement? We control our own evolution. <sighs> oh, that's the, I don't have a clue. Si. I would disagree with that. That, so you're saying that we do in some ways have control of our evolution. No, because you said we control our own okay. evolution. So you're saying I, you, I would disagree not. with that. Okay. I don't think we do. I think there are very, very, very small bits that we can influence. Like I got into an argument with a friend a few years back about how if we maintain this uh, this cell phone 
you know, thumb, thumb world where then, then we were going, something was going to happen to our necks. Something was going to happen to our thumbs to basically, they'd they'd Mm -hmm. elongate, right. (laughs) To basically, uh, to basically allow us to use these tools better. Right. I mean, that's, we, we got opposable thumbs to swing through trees better to hold on to things. Right. Um, my friend vehemently disagreed with me and basically said, no, we are done evolving as a species because there is no reason for us to continue to evolve because we have reached peak evolution to, to a certain extent. And that's, that's, this was a long discussion. So I'm basically summing it up. I mean, there was nuance there. He's not an idiot by any means. He's a very, very bright person. I think that, that cell phone example is a place where we ultimately kind of influence evolution. Will it cause us to evolve to a point that we forever have these longer thumbs to utilize, to utilize phones better? I I, I don't know, but I would argue that we will eventually have longer thumbs. I think, I mean, I think it's, it's starting to happen to a certain extent with, with necks and all that. And it's only been 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's been a generation and that's, and that's ultimately what an evolutionary time period is, is a generation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that, I don't think on the grand scale, we have the ability to really, I think it's environment. I think it's sexual selection. I think it's all of these things that mother nature puts in our presence that causes that evolution to take place. So no, I disagree. I disagree with that. Okay. And, and arguably like no different than, than, um, like the advent of a cell phone, for example, or the, a personal computer is going to have some impact on the evolution of humans down the road is no different than saying the advent or um, the discovery of fire or sure fire the, fire is a technology or the advent of like you know stone tools or spears that could be used for hunting had an effect on evolutionary evolution of our previous ancestors of course I mean mm-hmm. those to them were like our technology you know Correct. leaps and bound leaps and bounds forward right so. Correct. So if, if we know, if, 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 cause I agree, I'm in 100% agreement with you, by the way, that I don't think that we have, we're not in any sense of control of the evolution. However, the choices we make will have an effect and impact on the evolution of our species moving forward. And I actually read an article. I didn't get too far, yes. in, get too far into it, but like there's essentially three beliefs as far. Cause again, something also fascinating about this is we are homo sapiens are the species that exists in this evolutionary system today. We, you are insane to think anybody listening to this would be insane to think that we have stopped this. No, what, I think so. You think we've stopped? No, I think they're insane yeah. to believe that. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause th- we are just, again, as, as I've said, and we've talked about already is, you know, we're talking 7 million years of evolution. Why do we think that because we hit this, that things stop No, in, uh, right. in you know, a hundred thousand years from now, things are going to be vastly different. And, you know, 1 million years from now, if we haven't gone extinct, things will be, you know, vastly different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's three really big arguments that I read. It's like one is like stasis means that we'll, we'll more or less largely say how we are now, maybe a few small tweaks here and there, but whatever. The next one is um, 
spe- I think it's called speciation where an evolved species will live on this earth or another planet. Let's say we become a multi-planetary species that we, there will be another species in the homo genus that will be mm-hmm. a step above where we're at. That is an evolved version of a human today. Right. And then the last one, this is the creepy one. And, and we don't really have to dig into this, even though Jeff and I will, we're definitely going to have a, a discussion at some point in the future about artificial intelligence and like machine, um, like the machine human interaction and connection but there's one that's like symbiosis with machines is that that like kind of way out there thinking that over time we will become one with the machine and you know it's not that and that will be an evolutionary step exactly right and and people twenty thousand years from now will be looking back at it when they're sitting there on a colonized mars going oh yeah you remember when those two guys mike and jeff were sitting on their podcast and talking (laughs) about all of this shit Mm -hmm. like a bunch of idiots Mm -hmm. Uh, look where we are now, right. right? Those Homo sapiens were now Homo robotians or whatever, right. right? Because there's still an element of person, bipedalism, wise man, which is Homo, right? Mm-hmm. Wise man. Uh, but ooh, they're now tied to computers or right. or, or whatever, right? That, yeah. That's symbiotic relationship, yeah. and so and that is an evolutionary step, right? Yeah, I mean, and just just like we look back and look at a Neanderthal and be like, that's just an uh, super, you know rough, unintelligent version of us is exactly right. what people hundred years from now will, or hundred thousand years from now will probably think of us. It's like, wow, yeah. they were idiots. How did they ever get us this far? Yeah, I was, I was, so I think a better example outside of the, uh, the, the cell phone thing that I just, that I was just thinking of is, is something that kind of came to mind that we were talking about with the, the Gobekli Tepe part, right? If we had control over our evolution, well, hold on. Before we get into go get, go back to Tepley, do you want to explain any of that? Well, you can explain it because you understand it better than I do. I think, but I'm just I'm just referencing that conversation. If we had better control over, if we had control over our evolution, I would argue that societies across the globe would not have started to build civilizations and cities and all of these things at the same time. They didn't have, they didn't have a board meeting where, <laughs> you know, seven people from each continent came together and were like, by the way, we're going to start building some fucking cities. They just out of nowhere, independently all started to build cities. And you can find that across the globe, right? Mm-hmm. Because of evolution. Because the person got to a point where they were like, ooh, we should make this thing because it's going to make our environments better and it's going to make our natural selection better and survival the fittest and all of these things. That happened independently of one another across the globe. Mm -hmm. It didn't – you know what I'm saying? There was no – like I said, there's no Zoom meeting where everybody got on and they were like, by the way, do this. This is going to make you better. That never happened. At least I don't believe it did. We haven't found the iPads from – you know, right. 200, 200,000 years ago. Right. But I don't think we have control over it. We can influence slightly and we can potentially steer it a little mm-hmm. bit. But ultimately, what's going to happen is going to happen for the betterment of the species. Right. Right. Yeah. OK. And you're, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you're, there, there wasn't a, you know, massive freaking, you know, meeting of the minds that it's like this is how we're moving forward. But but. Arguably, and this hey, did is, you hear yesterday's Rogan? They were talking about building cities. We should fucking do that. <laughs> we should do it. But no, it's but but 
at the same time, we did share information across different cultures and, you know, with like trade and all of that becoming thing and, and being able to travel large, long distances. We did share information with other cultures as we run, ran into them. You know, that's why sure. arguably like even think back in the last 2000 years, how you have, and this is okay. Let's start and get into this. Cause this is where this is going to get interesting, but you, you have these, these civilizations that we have more than less lost, but you hear about some of the stuff that they're, they're talking about that happened there. And it's almost like they, like all of that knowledge disappeared and we almost had to relearn it to some degree because my, the most obvious one that everyone still looks at, it's like how they do it is the great pyramids. We still to this day don't actually know how the hell they did that. Mm-hmm. Like there are th- hundreds and thousands of theories out there. And some of them, you know, I watched a bunch of videos again, researching all of this stuff. I, I ran down so many weird holes, but I mean, I watched a whole bunch of like animated videos on how they think they moved these massive blocks of, of granite and limestone up and down these things. And it's fascinating, but like, I look at that and it's like, okay, I realize that, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people that had to be involved in, in building those, but the time, the timelines that are given on how long it took to build and the way that they would be moving them, it, to me, I look at that and I'm like, there's no fucking way they would have gotten it done in that amount of time. Unless you right. were like, unless they had 50 million people doing it at one time. How, how long did they say it took to build oh, God, those three? Um, Alfred? Alfred? Hold on, let me look it up. Look, so look up at like the Pyramid of Giza, which is the big one. Right. Let's see here. Um, they said it was built, they, they said, based on a mark in an interior chamber naming the work gang in reference to the fourth dynasty Egyptian pharaoh Khufu. I don't know if that's right. Um, Egyptologists believe yeah, that the right. pyramids were built as a tomb over a 10 to 20 year period. 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, Come on yeah. now. So mind you, Come this thing is now. 481 feet tall. Okay. And like, th- I'm, I'm, this, is, we're, this is just so everyone knows that we're going to shoot down a weird little hole here. But so get this. This is what is fascinating to me. So in the king's chambers, the way, so, so, if, if you haven't done research or, or looked at some of the new science and like some of the cool technologies being used to like explore pyramids now, like they're trying to do it where they're using tech, technology, like different like radio wave frequencies and stuff where they can actually peer through stone so they don't actually have to hurt anything there. They've been able to like kind of digitally map all these new unexplored, like in pyramid, the Pyramid of Giza, for example, if you look at it, it's all just a bunch of stone and they've only found like the King's chambers, the queen's chambers. They've had the great hall, you know, like the tomb of course. And then there's like a thing down the bottom, which is like a, like a storage or, or whatever area. It's like, I don't have numbers here, but it seems like they were using about 8% of all of the space of the pyramid. Like there's so much unexplored. Well, now they're finding, they're slowly finding these new pathways and stuff using this thing that we, that are unearthed. We, you know, I would, how awesome would it be to actually get to go inside of one of those things? I was just going to say, like, I don't want to go off on this tangent, but what is, 
what is the security like <laughs> at, the, at the Pyramid of Giza? Because because I used to go like house hunting and, and exploring construction sites and all that. Right. What would it be like to get your headlamp and, you know, a backpack and go bust into the pyramid? Right. Uh, like Nicolas Cage style and just go explore the Great <laughs> yeah, Pyramid. I don't think you'd make like, it very that would, far. That'd be killer. I don't think you'd that'd make it very killer. far. I guarantee you there's security. And secondly, you get in there and you're talking about Egyptologists, archaeologists that have been doing this for for sure. For ye- centuries. And yeah. they haven't found it. My headlamp and my freaking rock pick ain't going to get shit done, you know? I, yeah. <laughs> Except maybe have a damn rock fall on me and kill me because I'm an idiot. But anyway, so there are these like supports in the king's chamber. They're massive. They they wear, weigh any, anywhere between seven and 20 tons. Okay. And they're like stacked up as a, so it's weird. Like I, I don't understand it all, but the chamber, like where the actual, like, so one of the neat things I read is in the, in the tomb in um, the pyramid of Giza is the tomb had to be placed. And because of the actual sarcophagus inside the tomb, it was so big that it was believed to have been placed at the very beginning of the project because there is no way they could have got it in there otherwise. And then they built and everything they built the all around it. the entire thing around it. So one of the first things they did is they built the, the tomb. And then on top of that was the king chambers, the king's chambers. And so that essentially is a structure that could stand on its own without anything around it. But then imagine then they had to find a way to make that strong enough that then they could pile, you know, however many additional feet on top of it of limestone sure. and granite. So the whole thing didn't come collapsing down and kill their pharaoh, right? Or, right. or bury well, the pharaoh smash, that was already dead. Smash, right. yeah. So these things, you tell me how you get okay. a 7 to 20 ton piece of granite upwards of 18 to 20 feet off the ground. Numerous I times. I would start by using perhaps a Peter Kewitt crane <laughs> or... <laughs> exactly. So the thing is, is we... so, so Helicopter? <laughs> and so this all happened... You know, um, that was easy. Yeah. Easy, dude. I mean, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why science is struggling so much of this. Brain busters? <laughs> so this is when, so this was, when was this thing built? 2560 BC. So around what are we? 4,500 years ago. Is that right? Yes. So you, you're telling me that right around the time arguably that even before the original sin gene, the dissatisfaction gene. <laughs> before. Well, so hold on. Is my, are my numbers wrong now? I'm, I might be confusing myself. So if that was, if the earliest known writing was 5,000 years ago, I mean, we know that the Egyptians had hieroglyphs and all of the, that stuff. Right. But you're telling me that just 500 years after the earliest known writing exists, we have guys out building 481 foot or fit pyramids and moving seven to 20 ton pieces of granite, granite 20 feet off the ground. I mean, come on. I'm struggling here. Well, this is, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, that's, I mean, the first place my head goes is it's one of those giant leaps, right? Mm-hmm. Just like we've had in the last 50 years. Like the the amount of 
the amount we've moved as a species in the last 200 years, in, actually not even that, in the last 50, 60 years, is exponentially greater than the 2,000 years prior. Right. Right? And so if you look at it cyclically, cyclically it's effectively the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they had this large, they learned how to write. With that writing, it was like, Oh, this transfer of information, the brain explodes in terms of size, right? Just like it did with fire. Mm-hmm. And so you have this huge leap over a three, four, or five hundred yeah. long period of time. I I have no idea, obviously. I'm just that's my the right, first yeah. place my head goes, yeah. right? Okay. Well, in an argument against aliens creating well, the Well, okay. I'm glad you like, said that because like, here's now let's get into some some more crazy stuff that could argue that some scientists do argue that, okay, wait a minute, we have found additional information here that we're not necessarily understanding how it fits in. So, Jeff. So, we're going away from primates now and, and getting well, into Well, no, pyramids because this is, we're still talking about. You think this still tackles the, the gap? I do, because I think, I, okay. I think there's something, because we're talking, I would argue that That's rather fair. than the gap in intelligence, which I still think is, it, this has to do with the evolution of the humans. And now we're actually talking about true intelligence, like where. In my opinion, we if we talk about an actual um uh what do we want to call it like a like a futuristic civilization or a, or a true there's a term that they use and it's not called uh, it's like what the uh, Sumerian civilization was it was like the the first I know that's like the first true human civilization but there's a descriptor term in front of that. It doesn't matter really, but like an intelligent civilization, something like that. Let's just call it that for this okay. discussion. So that was 35 to four, 3,500 to 4,000 years ago. So Jeff earlier had mentioned Gobekli Tepe. So if for anybody that is uncertain, Gobekli Tepe is a, um, it's a temple essentially that was found in Southeast Turkey in 1995 it was found prior to that actually they didn't think it was anything and then um in 1995 they actually started like an an archaeological dig there so based on what they found so so this essentially what they what they thought it was because they they had found like a couple like stones and stuff that were buried and they were pretty big stones and buried deep but as they begin to uncover it they noticed that like there were these large like megalithic structures and what was a, was arguably a temple in Turkey. So based on some of the like dating and stuff that they've done, they believe that this temple was built somewhere around 11,500 to 12,000 years ago. Okay. So, that means, in context to our other dates here, if you argue that Mesopotamia and the Sumerian civilization, which was the first true human civilization, started around thirty-five to four thousand years ago, there is now a gap of around six thousand years, six, seven, eight thousand years, that we are now finding evidence of structures being built in a temple-esque fashion so you have a lot of like they can show you like where rooms would have been etc so so 
based on what I was telling you about what's going on. And, I'm, and by the way, I, I met, I misspoke when I said that those, uh, granite stones in the, um, pyramids were up to 20, they were up to 50 tons. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So they have now found in Gobekli Tepe massive, like T-shaped pillars weighing 20 to 60 tons. And they were shaped in like a T. So you'd have one massive pillar that would set and then they would have to mm -hmm. balance another pillar in a T shape on top of it. And then they would, you know, like kind of like a simple structure of how like a kid would more than likely like build like a little house. It's like, you know, you have mm -hmm. a T and then you'd pull another pillar here with another T and then, you know, like a butt joint on one of the pillars. Yep. This is 12,000 years ago. How? Yep. So. Peter Kewitt. Exactly. I mean, he was much older than we thought. So one of the big theories here is this was used as like a ritual, um, like a ritual and sacrificing temple for a lot of the um, earliest civilizations. And I say them civilizations, but it's actually like the earliest hunter gatherer tribes and cultures. There's even some arguments out there that go back. Go back. Tepe is the, the original Garden of Eden. I don't know if that's a stretch for some, um, but here's the interesting part. So if we want, is it possible? And this is me theorizing now, cause I'm not saying this is any actual person's theory, but is it crazy to think that maybe something got lost in translation or something happened? And then we can get into those, you know, there are, Plenty of um, scientists out there that talk about, and Jeff, I know that you and I have talked about, about Graham Hancock and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Randall. What's his last name? Uh, doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. These these guys, again, doing research with Gobekli Tepe and, and Lost Cities of the Amazon, which I'll touch on in a second. But Randall Carlson. Randall Carlson. Thank you. Argue that. Thanks, Alfred. <laughs> Thanks, Alfred. Idiot. That there is evidence that around 12,800 years to 11,600 years ago that like a massive ice age came on quickly and potentially could have destroyed advanced civilization. That's the word I was looking for earlier. I'm an idiot. It's advanced civilization. God, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but these advanced civilizations. So is it okay? And if they, if they can date, go back to Tepe back to 11,500 to 12,000 years ago. And they're saying that they believe there were two incidents that happened. And one of the biggest arguments of this was that some comet or whatever comet or uh, what's the other thing? that flies in the space and Medi meteors meteor? that could potentially wipe us out at any given second, um, had was barreling towards earth. And when it hit the atmosphere, it broke off into, or at some point traveling through like the meteor belt or whatever broke off into two chunks. And as it approached earth, it broke off. And one of these chunks hit earth and, around 12,800 years ago and could have started a, this like this global cataclysm. Okay. And then they believe that a couple hundred years, you know, not a couple, it was actually more like six or 700 years later, the other one caught us and 
started this whole process again. So is it, is it crazy to think, I mean, we have proof, look at the moon, look at, um, you know, we have proof all over the earth that we have been hit by meteors, comets, et cetera, in the past. Right. So is it crazy to think that, you know, there's argument that the reason the design dinosaurs went extinct is because of a massive meteor smashing the earth and, and, you know, starting event, you know, again, what happens essentially when that go happens is it, you know, this thing shoots a massive ash cloud into the sky, you know, and it's depending on its size can become so massive that you're essentially blotting out the sun. Um, and what would happen? That's what's happening here with the pine gulch fire, by the way, we're all (laughs) going to go extinct in color. (laughs) Mike, I'm going to tell you it's snowing, (laughs) but so essentially you blot out the sun and then the earth begins to freeze. So that's what causes an ice age, right? right? So, um, is it crazy to think that we had at one point advanced civilizations, Gobekli Tepe being proof that we had a civilization that was intelligent enough? Mind you, this wasn't a hunter gatherer civilization because if that was the case, they would be out hunting and gathering. These people right. had enough mathematic and scientific wherewithal to build a structure of this magnitude. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it just disappears. And then. Right it takes another 8,000 years for us to begin figuring out again. Mm-hmm. Completely reasonable, correct? I think, yeah, why not? All right. So, and why not? And if you're actually like to get more information on this, there's uh, um, a podcast on Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan podcast that has um, Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson on it. And they get into detail about this and they have pictures and they can show like even on the Sphinx, they believe the Sphinx was built much later than they think because they can find where water, they can find water marks on the Sphinx where the like part of it used to be underwater and stuff. So, it used to be underwater, yeah. right? So, I mean, again, it's not necessarily like widely believed to be accurate, but man, the evidence is really, really like hard to dispute. Like, okay, that does make sense. So, yeah. I say all that because I mean, same thing. And this is another crazy one that I like that I found in all of this is that there's, we've all seen or heard of these lost cities in the Amazon. So there's, you know, if you believe that the first advanced civilization started in Mesopotamia around 3,500 to 4,000 years ago, that would argue that means it took us a while to get out of Africa, out of there, and then migrate to the Americas. So a lot of the question is, well, how long have, have humans been in the Americas? And there's like, I think it's like, they say like around, what is it? What is it, Jeff? Is it like a thousand years? That doesn't sound right. In the Americas? Yeah. Like how long has homo sapiens been in the Americas? Cause that's again, where I talked about Alfred, (laughs) Alfred, the land bridge. And I'm going to look up that land bridge thing too. The so bearing the bearing land bridge. <laughs> Is that what it's actually called? I mean, it's the bearing straight. So it's gotta be the bearing land bridge. No, you, dude, look at uh, Jeff for the win. The Bering Land Bridge is the postulated route of human migration to the Americas from Asia around 20,000 years ago. Humans lived in North America 100,000, 130,000 years ago, study suggests. Okay. That's New York Times article. Okay. Um, the next in the line of how long have people been in America, where are murder hornets in the U.S.? <laughs> so that one's probably going <laughs> to... 
I gotta give us some murder. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So it says paleo paleo Indi- uh, according to Wikipedia, paleo Indian or lithic stage lasts from the first arrival of people in the Americas until about five thousand. So I'm gonna say that that new evidence puts man in North America fifty thousand years ago, according to this is two thousand four. The New York Times was thirteen years later in two thousand seventeen. So I'm gonna say hundred hundred twenty thousand years okay. ago ish. So. Again, that that's still us as a very, very early version of what we are as a species today. But again, we're still saying that if if true ancient civil like a true advanced civilization started in Mesopotamia and we all essentially came from that, evolved out of that, that I mean, again, we had evolved out of Africa up there, big ancient civilization, you know, where we actually like buried our dead. Um you know, had massive agriculture. We started to understand, you know, better understand science and, um, uh, the stars and, and, you know, how the alignment of stars worked and that, you know, all these things. So that was all there. So they have found this, it's called the, the pyramid of Monte Grande in Am, in the Amazon. This is in Peru. And they believed this is a temple built 3000 years ago by an adv- advanced agent civilization. So, Again, you're saying that somewhere like we thought all of this is happening in Mesopotamia only and that's where this all – but now we have stuff, one, Gobekli Tepe, which is now 8,000 years older than Mesopotamia and now around the same time Mesopotamia was happening in Peru, in South America, com- different continent completely, they're saying that they have found this temple that is believed to be dated 3,000 years ago. And shows like drawings and not, there's no actually like language on it yet, but like drawings and certain like hieroglyphics and I call them hieroglyphics. I'm not sure what they're called if they're not in Egypt, but we'll, I'm going to go with that. I think it's still hieroglyphic. Are they? And these, yeah, these yeah. different interpretations of, of different things in like environmental, like depictions, etc. So these cities, some of these cities were believed to be as large as 15 miles long. And inner can, and then these cities along the Amazon were actually connected through canals and like little pathways. So these cities were actually interconnected and had, had trade routes and stuff. So apparently there is books of when the um, Spanish conquistadors uh, arrived in South America, they have in some of their like um, the writings, they, they said they, they were um, wrote stories of these like massive towns full of like farms and these massive, like whole fleets of boats and fishing fleets and all of that. And those have all essentially been left unearthed for us for all this time. So I say all that, by the way, this is really cool thing they're doing now because, you know, it, one of the articles I read said something about the reason these cities are lost is because as whatever caused an extinction event, a lot of people believe that the Spanish brought like like diseases down and it wiped everybody out in the Amazon. That one of the reasons that the Amazon looks today like it did is just like it would happen if we were all to just disappear. Eventually, the Amazon just took all oh, that's back over. And the it thing is, just, is because that's so thick, you can't see it unless you accidentally stumble upon it. Now, apparently Google has, is working with scientists. They developed this new technology and I should have written it down and I, I didn't, but it's a thing where they can get on a plane and they can shoot lasers down into, through the canopy of the Amazon and then get feedback on like what's below all of that, like, you know, growth and stuff. 
And so they're able mm-hmm. to find like what could potentially be these, some of these civilizations. So, you know, who knows what we'll find in the, in the coming years. But all of this is to say that, you know, we have, we have to understand in all of this, that we have a very, very tiny amount of information. We are, we are seeing a few pieces of a puzzle and who knows what other pieces of the puzzle out there exist today that could completely change our understanding of evolution and how we came, became who we are. And that's, that's to me is probably the most terrifying thing. Cause it's like, we sit here and think we have this all figured out and we have no fucking clue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I don't want to do this cause I want to keep on going, but I feel like that is a great place to stop today, especially because of my 10 o'clock hard stop hard that stop. we're 12 minutes over on. Um, do we pick this back up and do a part two? I think we do a part two, not necessarily the next one, but maybe, uh, you know, a couple down from now and we, we expand on this. And so if anyone listening again, more than likely, you know, us, you know, love to hear what you think. And, you know, if you'd like us to take this a new direction or, or whatever, we would, I know that I speaking for myself, but I've had a, a ton of fun and far too many hours spent researching this, but it's been awesome. And it's how helped me understand some things that I had no idea about. So I'm, I would love to do a part two. Yeah. All right. Um, would love the feedback from anyone and everybody, mostly Mike's people, because as we discussed, uh, they're far more plentiful. Hey, hey but, Jeff's uh, people, but yeah, you gotta get on this. <laughs> we gotta get on this. Um, no, that was, that was fun. I want to, yeah, I, I think regardless of, uh, the feedback, I want to listen to this at least a few times through and do a part two, whether it's the next one or five from now and pick up and, and, uh, pick up where we left off. Yeah. Cause there's obviously a lot more, a lot more. I mean, obviously there's a lot yeah. more like there's just, that's, that's a dumb thing to say, but I don't uh, feel like we got into the actual science of like physiological developments, like in our brains and all that. And like all of the, like, um, soci- sociologists and psychologists, like psychological theory around like how we interact and, and, you know, some of those things too, which I know like theory of mind, which you and I chatted about, which I really was hoping we'd get into, but yeah, that will be saved for the next one. All right. We'll do it. Awesome. Well, dude, uh, this was fun. Yeah. Can't wait to do the next one for sure. I'll let you go so you can jump on your, your, in your meeting or whatever, but, uh, love you, man. Love you too. All right. Happy Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your week. You too, man. I'll, uh, I'll talk with you here in the near future. All right. Sounds good.